The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Okay, the preseason starts with a 2-1 shootout loss for the Edmonton Oilers against the Winnipeg Jets. Pretty good game and really good goaltending. Olivier Rodrigue was minding the twine for the Oilers. He stopped 25 out of 26 in 65 minutes of regulation and overtime play. In the shootout, he was beaten by Cole Perfetti. Colin Delia, outstanding performance for the Winnipeg Jets. And we'll go downstairs. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Trying to make uh, an impact on this roster. Bo Aiky getting that uh, shift late in OT as well. Who were some guys that stood out for today? Yeah, I th- first of all, I thought it was a good game for our team. I, there was a lot of um, really good signs, things that we worked on showed up in, in the game. And uh, I thought the pace was good for the first exhibition game of the year. Um, I thought our... Our veteran line of Nugent Hopkins, Kane, and Hyman really set the competitive tone for the game. And then uh, we got really good contributions up and down the lineup. But for some of the unusual suspects, Bo Aiky had a good game. You can see why he was drafted where he was. He's, he has poise. He's competitive. He made a lot of... Um, really good plays with the puck um, and was unafraid uh, of the stage. So that's a good sign for our team. I thought um, Dylan Holloway had a very good game, noticeable uh, in all three zones. Um, that line of Kajula, um Kajula with Hamblin and Borgo gave us some quality minutes. We just kind of spread the minutes out. Uh, but we got lots of really good contributions there. So it was a good game for everybody. So a player like Brandon Sutter, obviously, it's his first game in two years. You, you know, not, not expecting too much. What's the process going to be like with him to get him from a guy who hasn't played in two years to a guy who might be on this team? Yeah, I think process-wise with him, we should expect him to play three of the first five exhibition games. I'm not going to – I'm going to try and stay away from playing too many people back-to-back. Um, so he won't be playing tomorrow. Um, but he's somebody that – I thought that line was very good tonight. I thought – actually, I didn't mention him in the previous question, but I thought Matthias Janmark skated very well tonight. It was – you know, had some giddy up to him, was involved, and um, that looks like it has the makings of a good line. What are you What are you looking for out of Broberg and Darnay in that? Yeah, I just want them to be themselves. I thought Philip looked very comfortable. He made some really good plays with the puck. I, I thought he he separated people from the puck defensively and was able to accelerate out. That's the Philip Broberg I got to see in the American Hockey League on a day-in, day-out basis. Um, he's somebody uh, that I think is just growing into who he can become, and today was a good first exhibition game for him. Hey, Jay, uh, going, you know, talking about Broberg, it looked like he got one shift there with Nurse on the right side. Was that kind of an extended shift or trying to work him in a little bit on the right side here and there to you know, see as he goes along. Yeah, sometimes the games just play out the way they, they play out. So that particular shift that you're you're talking about, it wasn't by anything by design. It was just the way Dave rolled rolled them out on the back end for that shift, and I thought they looked good together. You mentioned the the veteran line of Hyman and uh, Eugene Hopkins and Kane. They haven't been practicing together. So are you just trying to kind of work your kind of veteran guys into the lineup and the, the, there's a lot of familiarity with those players and you're, you're not as concerned about kind of finding lines with, with those guys early in the year or how, how do you see that? Yeah, I think it was an opportunity to get them a home exhibition game early um, and what I really liked is, you know, you can have the attitude of, oh, I have to go play this game, but I thought all three of them displayed a fantastic attitude and set, like I said earlier, they set the competitive tone for the rest of the group. Um, They had numerous chances, they were buzzing, they did some good things defensively, and I was quite pleased. And, you know, when they play that well together, it's a little kernel in your mind that says, oh, maybe if I ever have to 
think change things up, that's something that maybe we could go to. Yeah, you made a few little tweaks to your defense of a neutral zone play, and some of the guys were talking about it. It takes a while. How did you feel that your veterans played as far as the new style goes and what you want systematically? Yeah, I thought there was, we saw good results from that today. And, you know, it's not, um, we're not reinventing the wheel here. It's, there's angles you can take and, you know, people are adjusted by a few feet or here or there. But what I, I think the true measure of, um, where we want to get to is to be able to turn that type of structure into turnovers so that you can go the other way quickly and it also I think sets you up for um, some rehearsed retrievals which uh, when you're predictable to each other it, it means you spend less time in your own zone. And when you look at your goaltending, you know, Campbell and Skinner, do you plan to play picker tomorrow and then just split the final six? Like, is three starts a fair number for your goalies? And do you have a conversation with those guys as how many starts or even minutes they'd want in the preseason? Yeah, you know what? We spend a lot of time... Uh, with Dustin Schwartz, Sylvain Rodrigue, our goalie department uh, in how we're going to parse out the minutes. I'm not going to give our starter for tomorrow. Good guess, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we want to make sure that our goaltenders and Stuart Skinner and, and Jack Campbell get what they need here. We want to give them everything they need and nothing they don't need. Uh, so we don't want to overdo it with them, but we want to make sure that they're, uh, they're going to be sure to start the regular season. For a young player like Aki, who's doing this for the first time, uh, I guess you never really know what to expect, but you just, he seemed to almost put you in a position where you were okay just throwing him over the boards. For a young guy to do that in his first game, what does that say to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he came up here before me, right? So you got a good feeling for the essence of the person. He comports himself well in the dressing room, in on the ice surface, in the media. I think he um, is somebody that, you know, is displaying a level of maturity that I didn't expect to see. And I think in a 1-1 hockey game, we're at that time of year to experiment with some things. And he didn't look out of place. I thought he's he has shown very well right now and, and uh, should feel happy with his camp thus far. And I guess it's a matter for young guys like him and a few others. If you can give the coach the feeling like, I'd like to see more of him, you've probably done about what you can do, eh? Yeah, I mean, that's what he's supposed to do, right? He, you know, I think realistically, Bo Aiki knows that he's not playing for the Edmonton Oilers uh, in the middle of October here. But what he wants to do is come in and leave an impression, an impression on the management group, an impression on the coaches, and an impression on the people that matter most for for someone like him, which is the players on the NHL hockey team, because one of the first steps to, to making the NHL is just being able to show that you belong on the same ice surface as NHL players. And, you know, he's a young man who's had a, a good start to his camp, and uh, he's someone that is obviously showing why we drafted him where we did. Good. Thanks, guys. Okay, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. So the final in a shootout, Jets 2, Oilers 1. And I was talking about the goaltending Rob Brown, good showing by Olivier Rodrigue, stopped 25 out of 26. He was beaten on one out of two chances in the shootout. At the other end, Colin Delia for Winnipeg was excellent, 36 out of 37 in regulation and the shootout. Stopped Nuge, stopped Kane, who tried a fancy belief between the leg shot, and then Lane Peterson shot wide to end the game. So both coaches... Got to be thinking like, okay, that's a good showing by these goaltenders who are, are going to be depth guys in the organizations. Yeah, goaltending was very good in this hockey game tonight. Uh, I thought chances-wise, this is probably a 4-3, if not more, hockey game. Uh, Deal it made about 
five or six where he stretched out a leg on a backdoor open net. He was able to find a piece of it. Uh, Nugent Hopkins had a great chance in the slot. Hyman went off the crossbar. Kane went off the post. There was a ton of great chances. I think, I mean, Rodrigue knows where he is on the depth chart. And uh, it's going to be injuries before he ever gets up to this level. But as we just heard Jay Woodcroft talk about, you want to leave an impression. You want to show what you're capable of doing at this level so that if a goaltender ever gets hurt, Woodcroft brings the back of the, him up from the minors. It's not like, well, we're just going to sit him on the bench for 12 straight. We saw what he's capable of doing in the preseason. We're going to give him a start. So that's what a lot of the players that are going to be in the AHL or a Boeke is going to be who's in the back end of junior. Here's what I'm capable of doing. At some point, you may need me. And if you do, I hope you have the confidence to play me. What do you think of Kane trying the between-the-leg shot in the shootout? Uh, he got a lot of it, too. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's a big, strong man, and to be able to put it through your legs, a lot of guys can do that, yet it gets there's no mustard on it. He got a lot on it. Your job is to get the puck past the goaltender. It doesn't matter how you do it. Uh, just find a way to get it in. Uh, good time to try it is in the preseason. I'm sure he's done it many, many times in practice or, or during the summer and scored on it. Uh, and it's, it's, it's one of those ones, and we've, we've talked about it in, in games where uh, goaltenders have a book on the shooters and shooters have a book on the goaltender when it comes to shootouts. So if you try something like that, there's going to be video of it. And now that's one more thing in a goalie's mind come the middle of the season. Okay, I remember Kane in preseason tried this and just gives them a little bit more hesitation of a goaltender trying to figure out what Kane's going to do. So 2-1, the Jets win it in a shootout, and Perfetti, who's got some good hands, was able to uh, beat Rodriguez on his chance. Well, he, he, the good hands that he has, he needed on that because I believe he lost the puck. I don't think that was the move, and if you saw his facial expression mm-hmm. after, it was like, oh my, I got lucky there. But when you've got quick hands, that if the puck doesn't go where you expect it to, you're, stab- you're able to adjust. And he adjusted. I think Rodriguez expected something else to happen, and so I think Perfetti did too but then once he got the puck back he was kind of like Datsuk used to do just kind of flip it into an area because the that area has been vacated uh Perfetti's going to need to be a big part of this Jets team going forward with the moves that they've made and I thought he had a good showing tonight for the Winnipeg Jets three on three overtime entertaining even in the preseason opener now here in Edmonton we're used to seeing McDavid <laughs> and Dreisaitl out on the first shift the game sometimes ends one end or the other on that on that first shift, uh, but I mean, you start. He started Nugent Hopkins and uh, Kane and and Nurse, but Woodcroft was not reluctant. I mean, you saw Yanmark out there three on three. He had a good rush. Holloway was uh, out there. Boakey, Bouchard had that big one timer that uh, Yanmark made a nice pass to. So I mean, we're spoiled to get to watch for Dave to try little three on three. But you got to see what some other guys because you never know, right, Rob? And that's what the thing is. What if there's an overtime game where Leon and Connor have a two minute shift to start? Well, right? or, you need or somebody else. Or, or what if they're injured? Yeah. I mean, and that's what we've talked about uh, before with power play starting your second unit sometimes during the regular season uh, just to to see what they're capable of doing in case you're missing a Connor and or a Leon at times. you got to see what those players are capable of doing in stressful situations. And right now, tonight was easy for Woodcroft. I don't have my two superstars. I'm going to empty the bench. I'm going to see what all these other guys can do. And the guy, Trust me, the guys on the bench are excited. Mm-hmm. When they're like, okay, there's no Connor or Leon, so that means there's going to be other players playing. Please pick me. Please pick me. And, and there were some nice plays made. And you sometimes forget about how talented some of the other Oiler players are because they don't get to play in these situations. Holloway is a very, very skilled player. And in college, he would have been the first guy sent out for these types of situations. You saw the speed he has. They saw, they had Sutter out there trying to win a face-off in the offensive zone at one point. So uh, players, when they get the opportunity, they want to show well so that in case a time is needed for their uh, for them sometimes down the road if there are injuries or suspensions or illnesses. And I thought the Oilers played a very good game today. I thought they were the better team as this game went on. They just ran into a goaltender that had an excellent night. Yeah, well, yeah, very good. And and you said it, you know, in three-on-three overtime, we could, you get a chance, show something. Um, Kane's shootout move, okay, you know, <laughs> try it, put plant it not only in the other team's head, but in your coach's head. And I've always been curious over the last few years, Rob, probably 
I don't know, depending on the year, four times a year, the they'll do a shootout at the end of practice, mm-hmm. right? And if you score, you go to the next round. And if you lose, you're eliminated. Well, what, and, what, what the coach is doing there is trying to find someone in yep, case. Exactly. They're trying to yep. find a depth player. Okay, if it goes further on, nobody's supplanting Connor or Leon or Nuge. But what if we get to yeah. four, five, six, seven? What if all of a sudden in that game we're missing one of those players? Who can I put out? And I know that coaches have gut feelings, but if they see in, in overtime or, or in shootout, there's, we've seen over the course of the year teams will come in and all of a sudden a defenseman will be shooting in their top three. Mm-hmm. That's not something they've seen because of what he's done in a game. That's obviously something they've seen in practice. Okay, this defenseman has a move, and he always scores in practice. Let's let him do it in a game. So that's what the coaching staff is looking for at the end of practices. Um, who's capable of doing it? And when you have competition in practices, that puts a little more pressure. Don't just go down and have, mm-hmm. hey, these guys are going to come in and shoot out because you can do whatever you want and you feel good. Do it so that you have to score. Then you get to stay in. Then there's a bit more pressure. Then you get to stay in. Because when you're doing it in a shootout in a real game, there's a lot more pressure than if you're going in practice against your own goaltender and the guys are just cheering you on. Jets beat the Oilers 2-1 in a shootout. The Japanese Village goal light is back this season. Japanese Village now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Okay, let's touch on a few of the individual stories here. Uh, Brandon Sutter. uh, we, We know the situation. I asked you before the game. You know, he's 34, which is not as... Not a spring chicken. But not a spring chicken, but not as old for an athlete as it used Mm -hmm. to be either. Um, But he hasn't played for two years. what did you think tonight? I guess, and and as Ed now is, and as Woody said, he wants him to play five games, right, to really yes. give him a good look. Five well, of the eight. I, I I thought he skated well and, and looked good that way. To the fact that he hasn't played in two years and dealt with, you know, some pretty tough times and pretty tough disease with the long COVID. So I thought that was good. Now there were a few times where the hands weren't where they needed to be. And that's to be expected. Um, All of these guys have been playing more or less 12 months straight, year after year after year. So the last two years, some of these guys have been off the ice seven days or eight days. And he was off for a long, long time. So the hands will come. The more he plays, the more he goes against tough competition as this preseason drags on and you get into games where the competition is a little stronger. You'll get to see what he's capable of doing. But for me, the fact that he's on the ice and didn't look at a place is a huge, huge win for for a, a young man compared to, to us. A young man that uh, has faced some tough times over the last couple of years. The Oilers did win 58.8% of the faceoffs tonight. I don't see the, the, the NHL website has changed. I'm not sure it's for the better. Uh, <laughs> I know there's been some couple people, me included, I, I thought it was the only one. The app changed and it's. Uh, a little more awkward to navigate and harder to bring up your team's calendar schedules. And I noticed the box scores and the way the the stats are shown on NHL.com is different. And I, I now sometimes in the preseason they don't do as detailed individual stats, but as a team the Oilers did have a good night in faceoffs, all round up to 59% for 41 for the Jets. So I would assume Sutter probably had uh, a good night along those lines as well. Sam Gagne's on a PTO, not going to play in the preseason. Adam Ernie as well, and he'll play tomorrow against the uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Dylan Holloway. You know, again, we saw him out there in overtime. I thought he made an impact. I know Bob and Cam picked him as the third star as well. I thought for the most part, I mean, I'm sure he's thinking, well, I would have loved to score, and then we win the game. But I thought for the most part he, he showed who he's trying to become here. I agree. He's a guy that his skill level allows him to play in the top six. But the situation in Edmonton probably is going to force him to be bottom six. But he also has that physical presence. The best hit of the entire game was by Dylan Holloway in the offensive zone. Absolutely rocked one of the Winnipeg Jet defensemen. That's what he's capable of doing. I thought as the game went on, his hands became better. He made a couple of really good plays in the offensive zone, taking the puck from one side to the far side, uh, creating space for for his defensive pairing that was jumping up into the play. Uh, The Oilers want him and need him in the lineup to start the season because of his contract, but I think he's capable of doing it. I'm a Holloway fan. I think that he will be a top six forward here at some point. 
but I thought he looked very nice playing with Yanmark today. I thought that was a, a good line that's going to be better when they get a, a McLeod back in the lineup as well. So I, I think Holloway is... It was a good game, a very good game in a in a, a small step forward in hopefully a, a long career here in the Edmonton for the Edmonton Oilers. And I'm glad you mentioned Yanmark too, because remember last season he starts in the minors, right? Yep. <laughs> and he came up and he played quite a bit some games. Uh, I think, wasn't there a game or two he got to play with McDavid when there were some injuries and, mm-hmm. and shuffling around? And then he got hurt in the playoffs again too when he, when he blocked the shot. I mean, he's got to feel completely different than than last season and he's like one of those quietly effective guys you know he just seems to do the right thing and can get the puck to the net and and surprises you with some plays too you think okay there's a good solid defensive player play on your third line and then he walks somebody or then he uses his speed and drives around somebody uh he is a solid solid third-line player for the Edmonton Oilers that always seems to do the right thing. And I thought he was excellent in this game tonight. He just makes the right decisions. And I was laughing. I just got a text while we are talking. A friend of mine named Janine. The new NHL app sucks. You guys are right about that. So it's not just you well, and I. I don't think I said sucks, well, Janine. Janine did. <laughs> Janine is not happy with it all. So um, anything that's any app that's hard for me, I, I, well, I need I just simple. Like, I like, need simple. I like to look at all the games the Oilers games on that monthly calendar. So do I. You know, so I can just see, and I I can't see it. Like, you can get a list of the games, but it's only for that month. So I, I like just seeing the calendar. Okay, there's Wednesday, there's Friday. There's so when Sunday, it's on the big calendar, yeah. Yeah. Because we're old, and we have calendars in our house still. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I, I a, still write on screen. it. Oh, really? Okay. I, well, amazing. we have one on our fridge, and we write all their stuff yeah. on it, because I'm really yeah, old. Yeah, this one is not uh, not convenient by any means. Well, I'm sure if, if I'm sure the NHL heard us talking about it tonight, and they'll have well, it I'm fixed sure by tomorrow. I'm sure working on it right now. I'm sure he's <laughs> typing code. And he goes, yeah, Robin Reed want us to fix this. Using his Linux? Is that an operating system? <laughs> I'm sure he uses Linux. You're using words way too big for me. Way too big. Anytime I have a problem, I call my son. Son, help me fix my computer issue. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six. By the way, were you making a point about something? I can't remember now. I think we were talking about how well Yanmark played tonight and how he, he is one of the important players in the bottom. So he's he's one of the... If you would have a pillar or you would have a someone that's solidified that you work around, I think Yanmark's one of those guys in your bottom six. He's going to be on this line, and let's find ways to compliment him. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you want to get in touch this evening, that's our hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Jets beat the Oilers 2-1 in a shootout. Toninato opened the scoring on a breakaway with 12.05 left in the first period. Dylan got the only assist. The Oilers tied it on a power play with 5.40 left in the first. Hyman from Nugent Hopkins and Bouchard. No scoring in the second. No scoring in the third. No scoring in overtime. The shootout. Nuge, no. Iofalo, no. Kane, no. Perfetti scores. Peterson shoots wide. And uh, that was the game. Really, if you miss it off the top, really good goaltending. Uh, nothing wrong with Olivier Rodrigue uh, performance for the Oilers, but uh, Delia was just outstanding for the Jets, so he makes 36 saves to uh, get the victory there. Um, Philip Broberg, now he was with uh, DeHarnay most of the night. I mean, mm-hmm. the pairings always move around a little bit. Uh, Broberg, uh, what was he up to, 48 games last season? I'm just going to double-check that. What did you see tonight, if if anything? Um simplified game I I don't it's funny there's certain players that you noticed a lot out there uh, Aki you noticed a lot when he was out there and we talked about him a bit Bouchard you noticed when he had the puck I didn't notice Broberg as much but if you're going to be a third pairing type defenseman you don't want to be noticed uh, he's a, a quiet player he, he's not going to come up with a big hit He's not. It doesn't have the big slap shot he's not making the 90 foot saucer pass from his goal line up but he's got good wheels. He can move the puck out when he needs to. Uh, and I know that Jay Woodcroft talked about the fact they like the fact that he was able to separate players from the puck. He's not going to do it in a nasty physical way like a Dayarnay does, but he uses his body positioning. He uses his stick. He uses his smarts. And if he can do that and, and play a simple, safe hockey game, they'll find a spot for him. Because the others don't need uh, more excitement in their back end. What the Oilers need is safe, 
in their back end. I think Broberg's trying to give them that. But to me, uh, a good first game for, for Philip Broberg. There was nothing out there that you saw and said, ooh, I bet she wants that one back. I didn't see that in his game. Sorry, 46 games last year for Philip Broberg, 23 the year before that. 2-1, the Jets win in a shootout. We have Drew at 780-496-0063. Drew, go ahead, please. Hey, how's it going, boys? Good. Nice. I was at the game, and yeah, Holloway looks super good tonight. I think he's uh, going to make some good strides this year. Right on. What else? Yeah. Um, no. And uh, I just wanted to say, I miss I miss the old days where there was five five fights a uh, preseason game. <laughs> Man, I don't need five, but like, let's get one going. A little scuff up here. You know what, Drew? Thanks for calling. Give us a call at the end. Keep count of that. I'll, I, I, I'm telling myself now to remember to do it, but we know how that'll probably go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to see a. Well, we might see one or two, um, but yeah, it's. It's become very different over the years, Rob. Uh, I, I know uh, Stoff and I were talking on Oilers Now, his show that's five to seven weekdays on 6.30, Ched, about the, the new rules in the QMJHL and what's going to happen with fighting in the NHL. I, I think there will still be fighting in the NHL, but it's going to become increasingly foreign mm-hmm. to so many players. And I was talking about this with a couple of colleagues uh, in the media watching practice the other day. And I said, I wonder if Dylan Holloway fought in the AJ. He only played there a couple of years, but he was, I mean, he was MVP of the AJ before he went off to Wisconsin. So he would have been targeted, and he said he, he didn't have a fight. No, he said there still was, was fighting in the AJHL. But I remember, uh, as you know, I covered Latestu in the AJ. He was the MVP in 05 and 06. He still had to fight sometimes. Now, yeah. he, you know, he, got, he was still as a 20-year-old, so maybe another 20 or a 19-year-old is going to challenge you. But Holloway in the AJ, he didn't have a fight. It's just it's, That's not the way the game's played anymore. Uh, when I played junior, we had five-on-five brawls all the time. I was involved in lots of them. Didn't want to be. Uh, teams did it on purpose. They, they'd start fights so that they could jump the other team's best players and start other fights and get them kicked out. Uh, hockey's different now. Hockey is much more skilled. Uh, you don't see guys cross-checking each other across the face, uh, which was happened a lot more. Go back and watch. <laughs> go back and watch the Oilers in, in the in the 80s in their heyday. Watch videos of those. Watch how dirty those games were. What you could get away with. Uh, it's a completely different game. You may not see a single fight for the Edmonton Oilers in the preseason. They're not built that way. Uh, they got a couple guys that can, but do you really want a nurse or a cane fighting in preseason in a meaningless game? No. So uh, it is. It used to be, uh, if a game got out of hand, whether it be preseason or season or regular season, well, that meant the last 10, 12 minutes were going to be fights. It just doesn't happen that way anymore. And uh, I know some fans miss it. I know parents of players playing in the game don't miss it. I know that my mom never loved when a and she watched me fight because sometimes I ended up on the bottom taking a bunch of punches to the face. So, uh, yeah, I it just this is the way the game is nowadays. There will be a time where you might even see a team go through a season without a single fight. And we'll get to that point eventually. And hopefully the product on the ice will be good enough that you don't... Yeah. Worry about missing fights. Yeah, it, it, good call from uh, Drew. I know he checks in with us uh, a few times throughout every season. I, and I, I'm wondering, too, so I, I think it's several things. It, it's being legislated out to some extent, the mm-hmm. Q, QMJHL. I didn't hear you know, that. You, What's that rule? So, so that you, that I know. you fight. I just double-checked it here. Anybody's in a fight, you're out of the game. So it's a okay. game. Now, other leagues have that. Other junior leagues will have that. Uh, if you're the instigator, it's a one-game suspension. Two-game suspension for players who are declared the aggressor. And then another game suspension for your second fight of the season. And then I think it just keeps adding up after that. So they're, take, I, I they're getting it. rid of a certain player is what they're doing. Like, they're, you're just, they're, I mean, I played junior. We had guys, their, their job was to fight. Right. And now they're getting rid of that player now. So, so the rules are changing. The attitudes are So I want to bring up a couple things about this. The Oilers did lose 2-1 in a, in a shootout, by the way. So, first of all, Rob, as, as our theme of the, the game, and I think the Oilers' camp is, a lot of internal competition. Even if you can't make the NHL, if you're on the second line or the first line in Bakersfield, could be a huge difference. So even if the Oilers are losing a game 5-1, okay, you fight, get kicked out of the game, your buddy who's also going to wind up in Bakersfield keeps grinding away and scores two goals late in the game. So you've missed out a chance 
Yes. To show, to show a coach something. But you also showed the coach something by going out and fighting. Yeah, fair so that, so that's But what, do the coaches care as much anymore? Um, they would, yeah, they would still care if a guy went out and challenged somebody. Say, say all of a sudden, late in the second period, someone takes a healthy run at Connor McDavid. Then all of a sudden, some guy who's going to be in the minors, I don't know, say Malone's playing. Next sh- next period, he goes after that guy and fights him. Yes, they take notice of that. Now, Malone might get kicked out, but the guy that came, that stayed in and got extra ice time might score two goals. At the end of the night, Jay Woodcroft, the first thing he's going to talk about is Brad Malone standing up for his yeah, team. Yeah, th- that's that's fair. I guess I was talking about you go out and just to try, try to goon first it up because you're losing 5-1 or yeah, winning 5-1. It yeah. just, that, that's just, it's not, that's, that league, the league's not like that anymore. It just, it just isn't. Some people are happy about that and some people will be sad about that. But this is a completely different hockey league than it was 10 years ago and it's way different than it was 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. We we accept some people might not like hearing that, but it, it is it is changing. The other thing I will say is, and I made this point when I was on with Bob. It was a few weeks ago now, and just to tie this into something happened. I'm looking at the spot on the ice where it happened right now, where Petrangelo slashed Drysital. Mm-hmm. So the the danger, I guess I would say, is if you take out fighting, is it more stick fouls? Is it more face washing? Is it more little spears after the whistle? And if that if that, that is going to happen, then the then the Petrangelo type stuff has to be there has to be harsher suspensions for that. Well, I've always said there should be harsher suspensions. I'm one that suspend bigger. Now, Petrangelo, he didn't have to fight, so taking fighting out of the game doesn't make a difference. He wasn't going to fight and didn't have to and. Hey, this year I don't think he's going to fight this year. He's not. He's an important part of that team. He's not going to risk hurting his hand, and I'm sure the coaching staff will tell him that. But I do believe, yes, at one point uh, you didn't do things. I remember once I hit Steve Eiserman in a game. Clean hit, and it wasn't a hard hit. It was like rubbing out hit. And I was lined up for a face-off, and all of a sudden Bob Probert skated out on the ice and said, you're not going to do that again, are you? And I said, no, Mr. Probert, I certainly am not. So uh, there was the, that fear. They're, they just put their tough guy out, and I'm like, okay, all right, I understand now what you're trying to say to me, Bob. Um, So that's out of the game now. No one's intimidated anymore because that type of player is no longer in the hockey game. And uh, to me, though, to protect, uh, if you're going to say, okay, we're not going to allow you to protect yourselves through fighting, then we're going to do a much better job with the suspensions. And yes, I don't believe, I'm the biggest Kale McCarr fan there is in in the world. I love that kid. That kid is an incredible hockey player. Last year, he ran a guy, who didn't have the puck into the boards for, for Seattle, put him out for more or less the playoffs. He got one game completely wrong. That guy, he should, that should have been a three or four game suspension because now I'm thinking, okay, I just knocked the other team's top scorer out, only got one game. Well, let's go put Connor out of the series. I'll, I'll take a game. The, the team will kill off the penalty. I'll take a game suspension, but I just knocked the other team's best player out for, for the rest of the series. So the NHL has to do a better job of protecting their players, and the way they do that is longer suspensions. Yeah, well, we'll see. Seven games left for uh, for, <laughs> for the Oilers to get into a, a preseason fight, but there'll be plenty of other storylines along the way uh, as well, as uh, it's a 2-1 win for the Jets over the Oilers tonight in a shootout. The Edmonton scoreboard is for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. I'll tell you what, everybody. I'm going to assume if you're that interested in the NHL preseason scores, you've already found them. So I'm just going to quickly bring up one game with Rob as a bit of a side note. It's from the National Football League. Miami (laughs) beat Denver 70-20. 7-0 for Miami, 2-0 for Denver. And uh, Miami could have kicked a field goal in the last minute to beat the NFL record of 72 points in a game to get to 73. Would, would have Coach Rob Brown done that? No, I, I wouldn't have. <laughs> but they probably, I'm not even sure if they would have known the record at the time. But that, Oh, I bet you they would have. Someone would well, have mentioned Well, probably during yes. the game, somebody's like, how close are we? Yeah. Yeah, are we already but there? That, they had 10 touchdowns in the game. They had 300 yards passing and 300 yards rushing. Yeah, that's It's a, two things. How good is Miami and how bad is Denver? Because that's... That is shocking. I mean, Russell Wilson threw for, I think he threw for 300 yards for the losing team, and they lost by 50 points. 
That is, I, so when I, it's almost like I, I thought it when I saw the first time I looked on my phone, like, okay, that's got to be a, yeah. a misprint. I'm going to go in and re, re-up it. And I'm like, oh, no, they scored 70 points. So uh, I hope the, the people took the over in that game when they were betting on it. But Miami well, has a just very... Just Miami was o- well over the over <laughs> on their own. Yeah, well, I mean... It they, was probably 50 or 55. And or is, it, is his name Tua? Is that how you say his yes, first name? Yes, that's his first name. And Tug, Tug of Iola, I, I wasn't going to even try the last name, but uh, he's a kid that's had some concussion issues the last couple of years. Hopefully he stays healthy because obviously if he's healthy, uh, he has got a very good team in front of him or around him, and they uh, are a team that can certainly do some damage as they threw 70 points up in one football game. By the way, Gene Principe says hi. Oh, hi, Gene. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Well, not favorite enough for him to have your number. He's going to text <laughs> well, me to tell you. I well, you know what? It's it's. I don't give my number out often. So if uh, but we'll, if, we'll I mean if Gene, we'll give it to Gene. If Gene sends me an, a letter in the mail, maybe I can. <laughs> if he puts his number in, I'll send him a, a text. Our number is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You're going to hear from Sutter and Aiky. Oilers fall two one in a shootout to the Jets to open the preseason. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line. Life got you working overtime. Well, let loose as the River Cream Resort and Casino presents Randy Bachman Saturday, October 14th. Canadian rock legend Randy Bachman live on the River Cree stage. You ain't seen nothing till you've seen it at the River Cree. Tickets at RiverCreeResort.com. River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Malat had to go off his skate. That puck gets to the middle. Here's Perfetti across the wood cover. Oh, great save by Rodrigue as he came across and rocked Jeff Malat. That is our save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. That was with the game tied 1-1 with 6.38 left in the third period. Olivier Rodrigue with the save. He was only beaten once. Tononato on a breakaway in the first period. They then did, did scored on in a shootout as the Jets beat the Oilers 2-1. Rodrigue, the second star, the first star, Jets goaltender Colin Delia, who grew up in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Huh. Didn't see that coming. Uh, where about would that be? Neither did the Cucamonga. <laughs> where is that? Is that somewhere near L.A.? It is. Uh, I'm just learning about this myself. It is uh, just south of the foothills of the San Gabriel Mountains and Angeles National Forest. That really didn't uh, help me at it's all more toward, It's more towards the south. Well, it's quite the yeah. journey he must have A lot have of more players from California. Did you hear the Adam Ernie interview? He went to play higher level in LA. He grew up in Connecticut <laughs> and he had to go to LA to play higher level hockey. This was 15 years well, ago, but I'm still like, man, what a massive change. Well, if you go back the 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 trade of Wayne Gretzky to the LA Kings uh, spawned a, a generation of hockey players that all of a sudden fell in love with the game in LA at a young age or their parents didn't eventually had kids and put them into hockey and now you have all kinds of hockey players that you're seeing coming from the LA area which is awesome. Okay, 2-1 Jets win in a shootout. We were talking about Brandon Sutter. Here he is. Give us a sense of how that was, how that feel. <laughs> Felt a little uh, a little off at first for sure. Um, but it's just nice to get just a few first few shifts underway after the first period and kind of settle a little bit. But uh, yeah, I was actually a bit nervous for the game. It's been it's been a while, but uh, yeah, I'm glad with how it how it went. And um, I think for a lot of guys, just uh, some new system things we're trying and finding some new uh, new ways to do things. So it's uh, you know anytime you're on a new team, it takes a while to kind of get used to that. But it's uh, it was good. I'm glad the way it went, and I thought we played pretty well. Was there a was there a comfort zone for you out there? Like there's the offensive side of it, and then there's the defensive side of it, which yeah. you're familiar with. Like did you feel yeah. better in one end or the other? Yeah, well, probably the defensive stuff is kind of more natural. I think uh, just the touch with the puck and reading plays when you have it is a little bit tricky. A couple times I found a you know, little, little play, a puck on your stick, and you just lose it or fumble it or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it just takes some time. But, uh, you know, all in all, I'm happy with how it went. And it's really nice to get that, uh, that first one under me. When's the last time you tried out for a team? Uh, 
I mean, I guess, I guess midget. But World Juniors, I guess, be the last time. Yeah, so I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's it's different for sure, but uh, um, it's been a real uh, positive experience so far. And, um, it's a pretty awesome room to be in, and, and my great guys. So it's been uh, it's been a great uh, great first week. This is just a few days in, but I'm sure you were wondering what this was all going to look and feel like. Yeah. Few days in here, does this, does this feel doable? Does it feel like it's there. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, um, I, if not, it's close for sure. I think it's. Uh, um, you know, I've been through a lot over the last last two and a half years, and, and uh, I'm going to be very conscious of my health and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's been it's been great so far. So it's. Uh, um, really can't complain after a week, and um, again, just taking it day by day and trying to enjoy it and, and have some fun with it too. Is there a relief at all? For you? Yeah, yeah, big time. After the first game, you mean? Yeah, yeah. it's nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, know, you start thinking about when actually when you actually get the PTO and you start thinking, start thinking about playing a game and um, doesn't really settle until you're out there in the first shift. So it's uh, yeah, it's just good to get that first one over with. Brandon, Brandon, you're trying to make a team, right? So you probably want to play as much as you can. But yeah. you know, you're getting back as you said after a couple of years. So do you have a number in mind in terms of games that you want to play? Like, is there a way to do this as best for, for you? Uh, no, I don't. That's kind of up to up to Woody to figure that out. It's uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty easy. Um, you know, we have eight eight preseason games. I'm not sure what the schedule will be. But uh, I'm just kind of taking a day at a time right now and uh, focused on tomorrow now, and, and uh, we'll go from there. Was that a bit weird for a veteran guy to feel jittery for the first <laughs> yeah, preseason? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I've never been jittery for a preseason game before. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was good. You know, once, once I got in there and um, gave me got out the for warm-up, it just felt, felt good to be out there. And uh, my kids were here. I had a chance. Kids haven't seen me play in three years, and they're, they're little, so they probably don't remember anything. So it was uh, kind of a special night for me, so it was, uh, it was fun. So this is a bit of a process, right? The first game, you just get your feet under you, and then maybe yeah. beyond that, you start, okay, Start making this team now. Yeah, a little bit. Just get get comfortable, get playing again. And um, I think anyone will tell you it takes three or four games to you feel like you're you're up to par. And uh, especially when it's been a while. So, um, like I said, just kind of day at a time. And, and uh, it's it's great to get that first one over with. All right, Brandon Sutter, back at. Do you understand what he was saying? That weird to feel nervous, no. but you couldn't help it. One hundred percent. I I've gone on a PTO and went back to Pittsburgh, a place I was very comfortable, yet felt nervous the first time I put the jersey on, and that was being healthy the the previous number of seasons and going in feeling good about myself I think there would be apprehension for Sutter uh, I, I know that he, it took a long time for him to be able to train uh, like he normally does and he was able to do that this summer but again it, you're training or you're in a gym or you're skating with your buddies or you're skating without uh, any stress but now you're coming into a game that's against other guys that play in the National Hockey League. How's my body going to hold up? Do I have that step? Do I have the stamina? Is my air going to be fine? And I think those were the things that when he got off the ice at the end of the game, that's when he talked about the relief. It's like, all right, I just played at the National Hockey League level again. I'm sure there's been many times over the last two and a half years where he just wanted to be able to you know, walk around the block and feel good. Mm -hmm. So to be able to play in the National Hockey League, as he said, it's he's not where he needs to be yet. It's going to take some games, but this is a baby step towards that. And again, he did not look out of place when it comes to the skating part of it. There were things, and he talked about it, where uh, the puck exploded a couple times on his stick, and that's something you would expect when everyone else has been playing uh, these last two and a half years where he's just been trying to get healthy. It'll get better as the camp goes on, and uh, you, you're cheer for him, you know, for what he's gone through. He's a, a player that, at, when he is at his peak, when he was playing the way he could, he would be a player that would certainly help the Edmonton Oilers because that's what they're missing in their bottom six. So you cheer that he can get back to somewhere close to that level, and on opening night, he's, you see a Sutter with an Oilers jersey on, something he never thought yeah, you'd see. never happened. Jets outlast the Oilers 2-1 in a shootout tonight. We have Rocket on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Rocket. Go ahead. Hey, boys. How are you? Long time no uh, talk. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to uh, bring up uh, a previous caller's uh, comments on, on fighting, and, and you know, especially during preseason. And how much do you think that is uh, NHL... Um, driven and player association driven so that you know players in the preseason like there's a fine line between competing and then making sure players don't get injured during preseason especially star players uh, because you know the nhl doesn't want that I think you should pay more attention to your dog, but thanks for calling. <laughs> Rob, Rob, what do you think? Well, n no player is being told they can or cannot fight. 
Nobody's saying, okay, the NHL send this letter down. Hey, guys, we want to make sure that we have an entertaining game, but let's keep it clean. That That's not said. Uh, There's certain players that have certain attributes that uh, they need to go out and do. Some are more physical. Some are in your face. Some are skilled. And the coaching staff wants to see what those players do. But it just this generation of hockey players uh, just doesn't fight like they did. Uh, it, again, I go back to when I played junior. I, I, I led the, te- the the league in scoring, and I had to fight. There was five-on-five five brawls all the time. I had a couple bench-clearing brawls when I played junior. That doesn't happen anymore, and hockey's better because of it. Uh, fighting is entertaining. We saw the couple years ago the goalies fighting, and it was trending for weeks. It's entertaining to watch, but that's that's not in the game as much as it used to be. The players just don't fight before they get to the NHL, so you're not going to ask them, okay, your first fight now. I know you've been in college or junior. I think in, in junior now, I, I, I'm not sure which one it is, but one of the, the junior leagues in BC, now you have to wear full cages. All right, They've yeah. went from shields to cages, so those guys aren't going to fight anymore. It's just the way the game has evolved, and there will be fighting, but it'll be less and less. So would you sooner get into a fight or give Mike Babcock your cell phone for five minutes? <laughs> that was, I, I tell you, that was a, a weird one. And I, I said, I got interviewed about it before. I said it was hard enough trying to hide pictures from my wife. Now i got to hide pictures from my coach. <laughs> oh, I'm like, seriously, that that's just weird. It, it, it's really weird. And as a veteran player, at the end of my career, if the coach would have said, hey, uh, let me see your phone. I want to see pictures. I went, no. But as a young player, there's a power thing. It's, okay, the coach wants to see on. I'm I'm on the outside right now. I'm going to make sure he looks at... And there would be a nervousness about that. I mean, no matter... It, it, you know, players, People don't have all these weird pictures on it, but there's me and my buddies having a drink. Or here's me with my arm around. I'm like, it just... No. If you want to get to know a player... And I loved when a coach would walk into a dressing room and say, Hey, Brownie, how are you doing tonight? What, you know, what's going on with your with your wife? How are the kids? Is Benny still doing this? Is How's Annie? I love that interaction with a coach. I, 100%. It makes you feel good that the coach is taking the time to get to know you as a person. Uh, taking your phone and looking at pictures? No. No, that's not right. And I think the, the National Hockey League and the Players Association stepping in uh, and doing the investigation showed that what happened there was wrong. It'd be like a principal at a school coming up to the teacher. Say, hey, yeah, give me your phone. I want to see the pictures you have on it. You just can't do that. Well, and uh, I don't know if Mike Babcock will ever have the opportunity to do that again. At well, least that, in the that's National what, Hockey League. That's what's so weird from everything that's happened in the past that that would be the first. I mean, you would think I am going to be an angel because uh, I do believe Mike Babcock has a, a, a very, very good, if not brilliant, hockey mind. But there's some things that he's done with his players, to his players. Uh, there's some players that have a strong, strong dislike for him as a coach that have played for him, you would think you would have come in, okay, I'm going to have a little bit more, uh, I'm going to come in a little bit differently and coach a little different and just focus on the hockey. This was, It was just weird. When it first broke, I'm like, yeah, I don't even understand that one. All right. Oilers lose 2-1 in a shootout to the Winnipeg Jets. They're going to play again tomorrow. Bo Aki has turned some heads here ever since the Oilers drafted him in the summer. You'll hear from him. We'll talk about him. Coming up, Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Jets beat the Oilers 2-1 in a shootout as the preseason opens up at Rogers Place. Bo Aiki was drafted by the Oilers 56th overall at this year's draft. Rob played for Barry last season, had 47 points in 66 games. And uh, I think the Colts are going to have a good one this coming OHL season as well. Yeah, talented young man. Uh, I know I got a lot of questions over the last three or four days about him, and I knew nothing about him uh, other than he was drafted by the Oilers. I'd never seen him play. Uh, Just you read a little bit. So today was the first time I got a chance to see him play. And I know that Jay Woodcroft uh, kind of talked about he's uh, a very – confident in, in the way he carries himself on the ice. He he did not look overwhelmed at any point out there. Jumped up in the play, uh, made plays, uh, very smart with the puck, very heady, moves his feet well. 
so uh, he, he shows as he's a guy that at one point will run a power play in the National Hockey League. I don't know if it's in Edmonton or not. The Oilers probably hope so, but he has uh, got a ton of talent and he sees the game so well. And I think that's a huge thing for a young player to be able to read plays on the ice before they happen. That is a talent in itself. And I thought tonight he had a very good game for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, looks looks very good. Looks intelligent, and uh, like we said, he'll go back to to Barry and and develop a little further. But nice uh, seeds planted by him, including his work at the tournament in in Penticton. So that was that was really good to see for sure. Uh, we'll hear from Aki in a second, Rob. But just to, to wrap up uh, your thoughts, this evening, probably tomorrow the game flow might be reversed tomorrow if the Jets have the better lineup at home? Well, normally teams do that. They try to reward their fans with uh, a little bit stronger lineup and most of the away teams they don't want to tax their, their veteran players and bring all their stars on the road. So I would imagine uh, the Jets will have a, a stronger lineup but what we saw tonight is both teams came with a competitive spirit and in all honesty and I said it a couple times during the game for the first preseason game I was shocked at how well both teams played structure wise how uh, there was chemistry out there there was energy out there that was an entertaining hockey game and I would expect the same again tomorrow okay Rob we'll see you tomorrow at the studio sounds good let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room here is Bo Aiki. so quite a bit of ice time even a little look in overtime I mean how do you how do you feel that went for you? Yeah, yeah, I definitely tried my hardest out there. Uh, it's about what I could do out there. Um, thankful enough that these guys, you know, I'm standing in the Oilers dressing room right now. Thankful enough that the coaches played me, that uh, all these guys have been so kind to me and welcoming me uh, into this team. I guess you never really know exactly what to expect, expect pacing-wise. And you had some good NHL players in that lineup. What did you What did you feel when you were up against those guys, those NHL guys? Yeah, it's definitely a different mindset. You know, you uh, you go from junior and then you're going against uh, NHL players, real NHL players, and uh, it's definitely a change of pace. And you definitely always you're thinking that oh, I got to be good this shift because I'm going to against those guys. So. You recognize, you know all guys on the other side. Some guys from junior, some guys like Lowry who are, you know, long-time pros. Yeah. And what's it like when you first get out there and you see those guys? Yeah, it's pretty cool, honestly. The first time stepping into that atmosphere in warm-ups was pretty cool. You, you really realize when you're standing in that rink, like, how big that rink is and how big it actually feels. So it's just a pretty cool experience to be able to play against those guys and play with them. Yeah, looks like they got the young guy beside a couple veterans. Did, what did Derek Ryan and, and Darren Lewis have to say to you? Yeah. Yeah, they just said good game. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been great with me. They've been chatting with me uh, the whole time, talking me through the game, just telling me don't let the nerves get to you and you'll be good after a couple shifts. So, did you expect to get the tap in overtime, or did it catch you by surprise a little bit? I, I wasn't too sure, but uh, it was a bit of a surprise, I would say. You also hopped up, like you jumped yeah. right up the right there. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying to make something happen, see if I could put one away, but uh, sadly I couldn't. All right, that is Bo Aiki of uh, your Edmonton Oilers. Good performance tonight. Pretty entertaining game for the first one of the preseason, especially both goaltenders were excellent. Rodrigue for the Oilers, Delia for the Winnipeg Jets, and is the Jets scoring a 2-1 shootout decision. So they're right back at it tomorrow. So on 6.30, Chet, Oilers now is going to go from 3 to 4.30. Face-off show will start at 4.30, and then the game at 6, Oilers at Jets. Big thanks to our studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy, and to our game day engineer here inside Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Talk to you tomorrow.